The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today. Bet $100. Get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by our mini helmet contest. The SGP mini helmets are now in the store and we're giving away one for free. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. Lethargic coming back from the holiday season. It is the NFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He is Ryan McIntyre. I am Rod Gomez. Ryan, I, I'm hitting buttons left and right, and I feel like it's been a couple of days, and, and I just feel like I've never seen this board before in my life. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, tis the season. Uh, Christmas is over, which means week 16's over, and we're recapping it because we're on to week 17 now. Week 17, I, and so look, we don't have week 19 look-aheads, do we? So we're, no. uh, man, wh- I, I, I don't know what we're going to do. I think can't even look ahead to the playoffs, uh, but we'll figure something out, uh, unfortunately, because <laughs> we, we ran out of weeks to look ahead. I guess we'll, we'll we just look ahead 18. to week 18. Yeah, we'll just look ahead to week 18. Yeah. Let's just yeah. do that. Yep. It's, yep. it's not that far in, in the future, but um, well, listen, so this this week obviously was the holiday weekend, Christmas weekend, uh, if you celebrated, and, and of course we had a full Saturday slate of games, uh, obviously the Thursday game slate still, and then ah, the, the Sunday three triple header, um, but I tell you one thing, Sunday afternoon, or Saturday afternoon rather, uh, Ryan, felt a lot lonelier than most Sunday afternoons because there's only two games on in the entire NFL. Yeah, no, it was weirdly placed. And then obviously the Christmas day games and we'll get into it. Uh, the Broncos, they get them out of prime time for uh, the foreseeable future. People are tired of watching Russell Wilson. Kudos to uh, Nathaniel Hackett. He's on the way out. So I guess he, he's going to take the blame, but they got bigger issues than just Nathaniel Hackett, I think. Uh, they, the whole, yeah. I mean, look, we'll get there, obviously, but I just felt like Christmas, they were giving you an excuse to not pay attention. They were like, look, we get it. We understand that you're probably with your family right now. Football's probably on in the background. We will not give you exciting games so that you don't feel bad about missing the action while you're watching you know, people open gifts That's, or eating turkey or whatever. Yeah, you know, I was going to say Broncos Rams, that was a perfect time to fit some family time in right there cuz you didn't need to watch that game. Not even a little. I mean, if you were if you were half in the if you were all the way in the bag at that point, kudos to you cuz you probably thought you were watching a more exciting game. <laughs> or <laughs> or if you were watching the Nick version of it. But we'll, again, we'll get to that in a second. Um, obviously we are here to recap this week in action, uh week 17, right? Yeah, this was week 7. Oh no, yeah, this is this week, week 16. 16. Oh, Ryan, where am I? Um, yes, we're here to recap week 16 of the NFL. So let's start 
with Thursday night's game, uh, as Thursday night, I guess, should have given us a clue as to what we were in for uh, in primetime this week as the Jacksonville Jaguars took on the New York Jets. And really, that's about all we can say about this game. Although, it is impressive that the Jaguars have been able to now claim themselves as the AFC South uh, leaders at this point. We talked about how the road and the path was there. They made it. Now, 19-3 to against the Jets. Uh, they covered their six-and-a-half-point underdog status, if you found it there, which if you found it there, good for you. Uh, but it was you. It was about two-and-a-half everywhere else, but still uh, definitely covered that. But, Ryan, look, Jacksonville is not just in the conversation. They're part of the conversation now. Yeah, no, uh, they control their own destiny, and honestly, I really like their chance to get it done in the AFC South. Looking at, I mean, what Tennessee has become over the last, what, month or so of the season when J Mark and I did the episode where we did updated futures headed into the last quarter of the season. And we both were all over the Jags five to one to win the AFC South. Now they're, uh, I mean, minus 200 or I haven't checked this morning, but they were even money going into this last week. And all the Titans have done is just uh, collapse while the Jaguars are playing good football. Uh, Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, they just keep getting better and better. They are a different team since coming off that bye a month or so ago. I mean, I don't know if they ran simulations. Uh, <laughs> that's that's how racers get in there as they run their simulation. But I don't know what it was. I don't know what, what juice they drank during the off week. But whatever they did, they need to continue doing that because you're right. I mean, this is, this is their AFC South now. I, I truly believe that they're going to walk away with this and be the AFC South representatives in the playoffs. And... Look, for all that it's worth, the Titans just well, and we'll get to them in a second. I I've never, I mean, I can't say I've never because I've watched a lot of football, but it, it's 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 very rare that you see a team collapse this badly in the middle of a season, right? I mean, they they started out looking yeah. decent, and now it's like they forgot how to play football. Yeah, no, I mean they held a three game division lead with what six seven weeks ago, and now I'm looking at it. The Jaguars are minus two twenty five to win the division, so heavy favorites all of a sudden because, like you said, the uh, Jags have won what four out of five since coming off that bye week, compared to the Tennessee Titans who haven't won since then. So, two teams headed in the opposite direction. As for who the Jaguars did play on Thursday night, I think we may have seen the end of Zach Wilson in New York as well. You. Yeah, you are definitely onto something there. And, well, okay, so who knows, actually, on that account. I mean, Mike White, if he's not cleared to play, we could probably see Zach Wilson in again because what else? They're not going to – look, when, you're, when your fan base is chanting for Joe Flacco, yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think you pretty much need to figure out something else to do. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned it. Like the Jets, once upon a time, were five and two, six and three. They had beaten Buffalo going into their bye week. Ever since then, they've only won one game since then. It was the Mike White game over the Chicago Bears. But since that game, they've lost four in a row. They're headed in the wrong direction. However, they still are in the AFC wildcard race because Miami, as well, is headed in the wrong direction, which has kind of opened up a path for that seventh seed for a couple different teams. It's insane. Although I did see a tweet the other day talking about how uh, Zach Wilson will make a fine XFL quarterback. And um, listen, I I'm a big fan of the XFL. No, thank you. Uh, we're good. Uh, we've got some good names ourselves. Uh, all right. Look, just 
we can really just uh, uh, boil this down to two things. Jags good, Jets bad. I mean, that's if we really want to get hashtag analysis with it, that that's where we can take away. Um, you don't know. I mean, the, the Jets only put up three points in the entire game, and that was the first score they had. So there's a lot of work that that Jets teams need to do if they want to get good again. Over under on this one, 36 and a half. Tell me which side they came down on. <laughs> I'll tell yeah. you. Easy. Not, not even close. It's another Thursday night game that came nowhere near the over under. So we're, we're running hot on those. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what started out the week, right? And, and were you hopeful for the rest of the week after Thursday night or no? I was because I love cold weather football. So I saw the temperatures and the forecast and I was all over it. I was like, this is great. Football's going to be back. So I, I did enjoy the weekend. Um, I didn't really enjoy the Christmas Day games, but I thought Christmas Eve was pretty good. Yeah, Christmas Eve had a lot of good matchups, and let's get right to them. Started out the action with Minnesota taking on the New York Giants, the 8-6-1 New York Giants. Tell you what, Ryan, we could continue to call them overrated. We can continue to call them a team that doesn't deserve to be 12-3, and but at some point you have to recognize the fact that they are now 12-3 and after another gritty win against a team that is a playoff contender. Minnesota walks away with the 27-24 victory here. Uh, did, did not cover the four-and-a-half point spread, nor did they even cover the three-and-a-half point spread if you found it elsewhere as well. Uh, so Giants cover, but the Vikings, they won. And Ryan, they won. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is their, I'm looking at it right now, their 11th straight win in one possession games. So they're 11 and 0 this year in one possession games. When they lose, they get blown out. So it's incredible because the Vikings narrative coming into the year or last year was they never won the close games. Now they literally win every single close game. I still do think they're fraudulent. Um, I know that they're 12 and three. I think they're going to be one and done in the playoffs. I've, I've been on that from the, like I, I I'm going to keep doubling down, but, uh, I, you got to give them credit for finding ways to win games. What would they kick a 61 yarder this week? To, it's just the latest Vikings. How the hell did they win that game uh, chapter? That 61 yarder was a beaut. I mean, it was, yeah. there was not even, it, it was, there was no drama in it. He kicked it and you're like, yeah, that's good. Like there's yep. no, you didn't even have any sort of, Oh, is it, is it moving? Is it turning? No, it was just straight down the middle and you knew it was long enough right from the get go. And it's a Viking. So, you know, it's going in. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It, it, I, I will say I'm with you when he kicked that ball because they had the big whiteout going that game. So the whole crowd was white and the way he kicked it right into that, like with the backdrop, I was like, wow, that's that is a thing of beauty. So, yeah, 61 yarder, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, they continue to roll. Um, they need they need to keep winning because the, your Niners are right on their heels. And if the Vikings don't get the two seed, I mean, there's there's no way they're going into San Francisco winning. I don't think they're going to beat San Fran, even if it's in Minnesota. But at least they would have the dome and the, the home field advantage to give them, I guess, a fighter shot. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't give the Vikings. I mean, I give them a chance, obviously, against the Niners because I can't rule them out. Uh, but I'd like to see the 49ers get up by at least two scores because if they get up by one score, that's it. Screw it. We're done. Like if, oh, if yeah. it gets into the fourth quarter and the Vikings are within a score, I'm just turning the TV off. Well, and you could be up 33 nothing and still lose them. Just ask the Colts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you're right about uh, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson, again, man, finding his way to a day. 12 catches on 16 targets, 133 yards. Touchdown for, for Jefferson. Uh, just really having a great fantasy day, by the way. 
uh, also a great day in real life, but I, I thank him for his fantasy performance. But, yeah, I mean, look, Minnesota's going to be Minnesota until they're not. Really all that it boils down to. It's it's just if they can continue to, to eke out these games, and there's not that many left, obviously, right? I mean, there's there's but yeah. one to go, so uh, or a couple to go. But, yeah, it's just, yeah, it, it's, it's Minnesota. Can't really break them down anymore. But now for New York, Ryan, what are your takeaways? Daniel Jones, not bad. 30 completions, 334 yards and a touchdown. He did have an interception. Uh, I mean, this this Giants team should not lose these close ones. Yeah, no, they, they've lost a couple close games uh, lately. Kind of their luck has kind of turned uh, upside down, I want to say a little bit. I know that they won the game in Washington in a controversial way, but for the most part, they've kind of been uh, spiraling uh, in the wrong direction. But... The Giants got lucky on Sunday and Saturday this weekend because every single team in the NFC wildcard lost. Washington lost, uh, Detroit lost, Seattle lost. So all they need to do is beat Indianapolis at home next week and they clinch their playoff spot. So, And honestly, if you can't beat Indianapolis at home, you don't deserve to go to the playoffs. I know they would play Philly in Week 18, but if you're a Giants fan, you want to wrap this thing up uh, next Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts to clinch your spot in the dance. What we see out of Nick Foles tonight, I think is going to go a long way as to what the Giants' chances are to to do what they got to do. Because mm-hmm. if Nick Foles comes in and lights the world on fire, um, one every single one of my prop bets is going down in flames. Uh, because I'm not expecting much out of Nick Foles and the Indianapolis Colts tonight. But uh, you know, yeah, it's really up to the Giants, like you said. It's just up to them to be able to to win uh, and win well. Uh, you just talk about their free fall. There's so many L's in the last, what, two months that it's it's just, I'm sure it's frustrating for them uh, overall. Yeah, they've only won one game since uh, November the 13th. It was the Washington game last week. Yeah. Where they, yeah. Got, they, they may have got a favorable whistle or two. Oh, wait, yeah. Well, <laughs> a little bit of missed, uh, missed opportunities to call a penalty. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's just been tough. So um, over under on this game was at, I just clicked in the wrong place, 48. Um, and they came in at 51. So hit the over-under on this one, obviously because uh, of a lot of scoring, uh, which, you know, again, 48 sort of suggests it, and they got right there for it. So, uh, all right, let's move on to the next game where we watched the Taysom Hill Saints, I'm sorry, the New Orleans Saints take on the Cleveland Browns. And uh, look, New Orleans came away with the win on the road 17-10. to uh, New Orleans came in as three-and-a-half-point underdogs, in most places, uh, and our friends at WinBet were giving them a plus three and a half. Uh, so if you took that, you were a very happy person because, again, Deshaun Watson, they just, look, this this Browns team never stood a chance, I think, as much as some people gave them. Um, the Browns were on a roll. They won three of four heading into this week, uh, but they found a way to Browns it up, and now they are six and nine. New Orleans is six and nine. The only difference is, New Orleans is still alive in some sort of playoff hopes. Cleveland is not. Yeah, this is an embarrassing loss for Cleveland. I, I mean, you get a dome team coming to the element of the game, zero degrees, wins 30 miles an hour. You got Nick uh, you got Nick Chubb, and you got Kareem Hunt, and you lose to the Saints, who run the ball with Taysom Hill. Hey, and uh, I guess my over on the prop hit for Taysom Hill, so that was, that was easy because, uh, I mean, Andy Dalton was 8 for 15 for the game for 90 yards and an interception. I, I'm, I'm still shocked that the Browns lost this game after being up 10 nothing too. So 
uh, put a bow on the Browns being eliminated uh, from this year's NFL playoffs. The Saints are still alive, though. Uh, technically, they need some help. They need the Bucks to lose their last two, and then the Saints got to win their last two. But uh, never say never, you know? Nope, never say never, especially in the NFC South. Uh, even for a team that you you alluded to it, I mean, Andy Dalton, eight completions, eight completions, Ryan, and they win the game. But even even the leading rusher, Alvin Kamara, only carried the ball 20 times for 76 yards. In a, in a game where the, where the uh, quarterback completes eight passes, you would think that the running back would have Derrick Henry-type numbers, right? 30 carries, 395 yards, six touchdowns. No. Alvin Kamara, your leading rusher, 20 carries, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Insane, dude. Insane. Yeah, they mo mostly just took advantage of uh, two big mistakes by Cleveland. Uh, Watson with an interception and then a fumble as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, Watson's been bad. I mean, there's no other way to say it. He, look he looks like a guy that hasn't played football in two years. 15 of 30 for 135 and an interception. Not good. Not good enough. So, uh, Browns, I mean, I guess you got to roll with Watson next year, but this year's over. So, we'll see what, how they finish these last two weeks for uh, pride sakes. Quarterback ratings for these guys. Andy Dalton coming in at 44.3. Deshaun Watson, 47.1. Just an absolute monsterly bad uh, game. Just look at the receivers, really. I mean, we've already talked about the quarter. Rashid Shahid, uh, four catches on five targets, 41 yards. Amari Cooper, six of 10, 72. <sighs> 21 of those came on one catch. I mean... I don't know. I don't even want to talk about these teams anymore because it just doesn't feel like it's worth it. I mean, over-under on this one was 32. They only got to 27. You know, I, yeah, New Orleans is still alive, but do, do you really think they're going to win the NFC South? No, but they are so mathematically alive, so at least they're <laughs> going to head into 2023 mathematically alive. So you're <laughs> saying there's a chance. Exactly. Well, talking about saying there's a chance, Detroit felt that for a little while, and maybe they don't feel that quite so much this week as they're coming off of a rough loss in Carolina. Carolina, the Panthers winning over the Detroit Lions 37-23. to Carolina comes in this one, what, three-point underdogs, two-and-a-half-point underdogs, depending on where you were. This wasn't even close. I mean, Carolina busted it open early, Right, They scored 24 first-half points to Detroit 7, and to their credit, Detroit tried to come back. They put 16 points up in the second half, but look, man, Carolina, they're playing like a team possessed. It was Sam Darnold's world, 250 yards and a touchdown, but the running backs, man, they killed it on the ground. Yep. Dante Foreman led the rushers, 21 carries, 165 yards and a touchdown, but he wasn't the only one, right? Yeah, no, um, honestly, the Lions are lucky that the score is this close because they got their ass beat. Uh, you look at what the Panthers just did on the ground. They just punked them uh, as a team, 320 yards on the ground um, on seven and a half yards of carry. You mentioned it, the one-two punch of Foreman and Hubbard. They dominated. Even Darnold got in on a little RPO action. The Panthers have an identity. Uh, they're playing the Bucks this weekend for the a NFC South. And I kind of lean to the Panthers because they know what they are. They're physical. They like to run the ball, play good defense, ball control, compared to the Buccaneers who uh, are all over the place. We'll get to them. But, uh, yeah, this kind of uh, 
took a little air out of the sails for the Detroit Lions playoff push. They had won six out of seven, had all the momentum, but I mean, they just got punked on Sunday. There was no other way to. There's no other way to recap this game. No, and honestly, this is the kind of talk we were talking about Deshaun Watson, or I'm sorry, Andy Dalton completing five passes. Uh, Darnold only completed 15, right? 250 yards on him, which was pretty good. But th this is it. Only 15 completions, but his running backs like chewed up the yardage, right? This is the the line that we were expecting out of uh, uh, New Orleans running backs like Kamara and and such, but they they didn't get it. So. Um, I think you're right, though. I think Carolina, for what we uh, what we saw out of them earlier in the season, they look better right now than do Tom Brady and the the Buccaneers. And I'm I'm a little scared for Tom Brady when they meet. This game next week actually has meaning for both teams, but for Carolina, it, it there's a there's a way of playing up, right? Where you're a team that wasn't expected to do much, and now you're exceeding mm -hmm. expectations. Whereas a team like the Buccaneers are far less than what everybody expected. And so when you talk about momentum and you talk about confidence, like this this Carolina team is playing with confidence. Tampa Bay is not. Even though they won this week, Tampa, it wasn't a convincing win. So there's still a lot to prove if you're Tampa. But Carolina, you're playing with house money right now. Yeah, and I mean, you look at it. They fire Matt Rule earlier in the year. They trade Kirch and McCaffrey. Uh, they release Baker Mayfield. They've won four out of six under Steve Wilkes, and I mean, I think he's got a chance to get the job now going into the next year. If they win the division, I don't see how they don't hire him. Like I said, they've won four out of six. They've been playing good, consistent football for about a month and a half now compared to Tampa, who's not at all. So I think, actually, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys and I'm the five seed, I don't really want to play this Carolina Panthers team right now because no. I know they're not, they're not sexy. Sam Darnold's a quarterback but they're physical defensively up front, and they obviously like to run the football. So, um, yeah, no, uh, shout-out to Carolina for not quitting and finding a way to put themselves in a position where they can be in a do-or-die game on Sunday with the Bucks. You talk about win-win situations, though. It really was sort of a win-win to, to, to trade McCaffrey when they did. Obviously, yeah. you know, they're not missing a beat with Foreman and, uh, um, and Chubba Hubbard. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a matter of now they've got to put it all together, and I think they will. Um, Detroit, valiant effort in, in their loss. Jared Goff, 25 of 42, 355 and three touchdowns. But, Ryan, stop me if you've heard this one before. He was the leading rusher for the uh, for the Lions. Uh, three carries, 15 yards. Uh, what the hell happened to the, the Lions running game? I know they were playing from a negative game script almost immediately, but you got some talented running backs there, and none of them cracked the top rushing positions in the team. Yeah, no, and the the cold games for Jared Goff struggles continue. The the line this is a bad loss for the Lions because now they most likely will beat Chicago next week, but then now they're tied with Green Bay and they play Green Bay the last week. And that game's at Lambeau and a game where both teams need the game in Lambeau. I will take the Packers. I'm not the Lions are not going into Lambeau and beating Aaron Rodgers in week 18. Lions fans listening, feel feel free to troll me all you want if you go into Lambeau and beat uh, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. But until it's done, I, I this 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 one hurt for the Lions fans. Yeah. And it did because they were, you know, they were feeling good. They were feeling like they had a chance. Yeah. They were feeling like, "Hey, you know, we're we're almost in there." And then they got all taken away from them. So, um yep. all right. Put a bow on this one. Over under 44 and a, or 44 rather, definitely uh, exceeded that margin. 
Uh, all right, we got more to get to, but let's step away real quick and pay some bills. When we come back, we'll take a look at the rest of the Week 16 slate. But before we do, let me tell you about WinBet. It's the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. Plus, for the hashtag DGENs only, try your luck at WinBet's Parlay Wheel. There's great promos, odds, payouts. They're all happening right now at WinBet. You ready to play? Sign up today. You're going to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100, as always, limited to state availability. So much to choose from, and all you got to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present. Stay play through winbet is available. If you or somebody new has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Don't forget, enter the SGP Mini Helmet Contest from now until the end of the year. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet to enter. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. Ryan, we continue down the list in a game that was probably more entertaining than I would have thought it was going to be uh, and probably closer than the Cincinnati Bengals were hoping that it was going to be as Cincinnati goes to New England, beats Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots by the score of 22-18. to 18. Bengals jumped out to a 22-point lead, only to not score another point for the rest of the game and watch as the New England Patriots mount a comeback that ultimately failed and came up short. Uh, Mac Jones in this one, 21 of 33, 242 touchdowns. But Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow still throws two interceptions, but he throws, he completes 40 passes on 52 attempts, 375 yards, three touchdowns. Look, here's the thing about the Bengals. They came into this season flat. It looked as if they weren't going to do, they were going to go, go the way of the Rams, uh, this season, but they managed to scrap their way back. They're back in the conversation. They're back in the front of the AFC pack. And uh, this is a scary team, Ryan. Even even though they didn't really have a good second half, this is still a scary team. Yeah, no, they tried to give this one away. Uh, they, they were dominating up 22-0. I was like, man, this... I don't remember ever, anybody ever going into New England and beating a Bill Belichick team like this. I thought they were going to win by 40 going, going away, but then... Burrow throws the pick six, and then all of a sudden there's a lucky bounce that goes away. So many years that we've seen with this New England team up there at home where they get a bounce or two and they get a break, and next thing you know they win a game walking off at the end, and you're like, how the hell did they do it again? Uh, I can't believe Stevenson fumbled. I, I thought, I, like I said, I've seen New England. All of us have seen it over and over. They win these close games under Belichick at home. This, uh, this, this hurt for New England, but they did get a nice Christmas gift with Miami losing um yesterday to keep that uh AFC wildcard hopes alive for the New England Patriots because if they win their last two they're in it's, it, as crazy as that sound as bad as New England's played over these last couple weeks uh with the Raiders collapse with the the, with the Jacoby Myers play and then yesterday with the fumble at the goal line all they need to do is beat the Dolphins at home and then go to Buffalo and win now that's that's harder than uh that we're saying it's going to be because obviously Buffalo is a tough place to play. As for the Bengals, uh, they, they got a date with Buffalo next Monday night and 
home field advantage is right there. I mean, the Bengals, if they win that game, they just need the Chiefs to drop a game and they can grab that number one seed, which is crazy because they were 0-2 at one time. It's, again, like I said, when they started out the season, we thought, well, the Super Bowl hangover is absolutely real in Cincinnati. All of these young players had the highest of highs, and they got to go try to do it again, and it looked like they weren't necessarily up to the task, but now I think, I don't know what it is, they just decided to come together at the right time, and, and they've ripped off enough of, of a momentum going forward that, like I said, they're a scary team, and I, to me... Like, I don't know that anybody in the AFC wants to face these Bengals right now, uh, looking as hot as they are, remembering that last season they represented the AFC in the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's just a matter of, of what do you do at this point if you're facing the Bengals, um, especially in the playoffs, because they're, they're pretty much assured a spot. It's just where they're going to be sitting once the music stops. Yeah, I mean, they could go as high as one, or they could come all the way down to the five seed if they do... Uh fall to Buffalo at home and then somehow lose to Baltimore the last week because no matter what, if Baltimore wins this week, they will have a date for the AFC North next week. But they're also trying to get the one seed still or the two seed if they want to. Because, there, I mean, there's what we all agree, I think, that Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincinnati are the three best teams in the AFC right now. So getting that two seed's pivotal, I think. I mean, obviously the one seed because you get home field and the bye, but two seed, you want to be able to play at home in front of your fans against Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes rather than having to go on the road. I know that Cincinnati went to Kansas City last year, but, I mean, it's hard to go there two straight years and get it done. Yeah, but if you got to go to Buffalo and it looks the way it's been looking lately, I don't want to go to Buffalo and do that. Agreed. Like, that's... Yeah. No, that's... I... Yeah. <laughs> that's why Cincinnati needs to get it done this next week against Buffalo in Cincinnati so that they would get the home field against Buffalo in the playoffs. It's going to be fun. It really is because, I mean, I think we're all going to be looking forward to watching Burrow versus Allen or Burrow versus Mahomes or Allen versus Mahomes. It's going to, it's going to be fun, those three teams, those three quarterbacks. It really is, too. And that doesn't yeah. matter how you slice it. That's, that's basically going to be uh, a good matchup. Cincinnati, though, they came in as three-point favorites. They did not cover. Uh, even if you got them at four-point favorites, they didn't cover. So if you got New England at uh, three Congratulations on your push. Uh, if you got, I'm sorry, no. Uh, congratulations on your. Uh, uh, you didn't win, man. I can't do math. It's the day after Christmas. All I see in my head now is wrapping paper and and you know malted hops. Anyways, three uh, three points was the the spread or four depending on where you got it. So, uh, but yeah, New England they've got work to do. They really got to figure out what they what they want out of life because uh, it's just. Seven and eight. It's crazy that we're talking about all these like seven and eight teams still in the playoff mix. Uh, even both oh, yeah. both conferences, right? Even the NFC has their fair share of that in the mix. So crazy. Yep. No uh, doubt. Over under on this one, 41 and a half. It got to 40. So unfortunately, you were a point away from being able to cover on that one. Ryan, you talked about Buffalo. Let's move over to Buffalo for a second, for a second. It looked as if the Chicago Bears had something for the... Well, okay, maybe not for a second. Two quarters, even. It looked as if the Chicago Bears had something for the Buffalo Bills. Chicago going into the half with a 10-6 lead over the Bills. But then the Bills remembered they were the Bills and scored 29 points in the second half. The Bears, they scored two. Or three, rather. Uh, so, yeah. The, the Bears end up losing 35-13. to uh, and and just really, I guess, solidifying the fact that, yes, uh, even though Josh Allen was only 15 for 
for 172 and two touchdowns. Eh, the Bills are for real, I guess. Yeah, no, I mean, the Bills haven't looked really, I guess, sexy is the right term for a couple weeks now. But, I mean, they've won six in a row uh, ever since losing that game, that fluke loss to Minnesota where Josh Allen fumbled on the one-yard line trying to ice the game. So, I mean, they've won six in a row. They're finding ways to win close games, and they found a way to – the Bears have been playing better. Uh, just SJ Mark going to this game. But uh, the Bears, have, I mean, that's a tough matchup going to Soldier Field. Justin Fields, he's electric on the ground. And if you don't see that kind of quarterback on a week-in and week-out basis, I mean, he's tough to prepare for. I thought the Bills did a pretty good job on him, though. I mean, he only had 11 rushing yards. That's the lowest that we've seen in in a while now. So maybe Buffalo's defense is getting ready for this postseason run. For Buffalo, you're 12-3. and three. You win your last two, you're the one seed. They need to get that done. So next week, we already touched on it in the previous game of Cincinnati. Buffalo, Cincinnati, there's so much at stake for playoff seeding and uh, playoff scenario implications. Yeah, well, you talk about Justin Fields. I mean, 15 completions. Both of these quarterbacks completed 15 of their passes. Uh, Justin threw 23, Allen threw 26, but Justin Fields, 119 yards on those completions, one touchdown, and you touched on it. Look, we talked about it in the prop cast. I thought he was going to go at least 75 yards on the ground, right? I mean, in a cold-weather game like this, not necessarily throwing that much, you would expect the running game to go both ways with Montgomery, um, even with Khalil Herbert, with him, right? You figured he would get his. He didn't. Uh, in fact, David Montgomery on this day, he led all rushes, 16 carries, 62 yards. Uh, so, you know, and, and he didn't even get in the end zone. Just a frustrating day all around. Bears now dropped to 3-12, and 12, and they're basically just preparing for whatever draft pick they get next season. But I don't think that we're, I don't think that we're going to see the same Bears team next season. I think that they're, they're on the cusp. They've got a lot of potential, and I think next season, some of that comes together. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, hey, Rod, for Bills fans, don't you think it's encouraging that Singletary goes for 106 and Cook goes for 99, uh, almost nine yard, 8.9 yards of carry average between the two? Finally, Josh Allen didn't need to be the complete guy uh, through the air and on the ground. I saw a lot of people asking where this running game had been all season long. Uh, I, I wouldn't have put Montgomery on 100 yards this game at all, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, no, crazy. It, it, it kind of it was flipped. Yeah, the Bears are the running team, but on this Sunday it was the Bills. And and if you were to tell me that one Bills receiver was going to do better than the other, I wouldn't have picked Gabe Davis to be better than Stephon Diggs this day. Gabe Davis three catches, forty five yards, and a touchdown. He he was the leading receiver for the Bills. It's it's a topsy turvy world. What a time for fantasy managers to be alive when Stephon Diggs gets you there and then you know can't get you the rest of the way there. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so, um, all right, look, we, we pretty much thoroughly dissected this. Obviously, for Bears purposes, there's not much going on. Bills have a lot at stake and just need to win out to control their own fate. Over-under on um, this one was kind of low at 40 and a half. The, they blew past that at 48. So, um, although the Bears did not cover, they were nine and a half point underdogs in, in some places, eight in others. So, obviously, you know, not even close. All right, let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks as they were pretty much gigantic underdogs heading into Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. And, you know, some of us were thinking that maybe Seattle would play a little better to not, and, and not like the Chiefs were blowing everybody away uh, on a week-to-week basis, but they won by two touchdowns, did the Kansas City Chiefs, 24-10. to 10. Uh, And this one, this one wasn't even close. This one was such a, a, a yawner. 
Um, Seattle had nothing for Kansas City, and Kansas City just looked like they were having a fun time out there, not even worrying about anything. Uh, Travis Kelsey, once again, doing Travis Kelsey things. Six catches, 113 yards, although, Ryan, I'm pissed. He did not get into the end zone. Uh, I had him as an anytime touchdown or as a prop bet, and uh, unfortunately, he didn't get there. But, I mean, look, I mean, Kansas City's still good. Like, I, the delayed pause there was I was trying to figure out a way to say that, they were, that they're good without <laughs> saying they're good, but they're good, and they're going to continue yeah. to be good. Yeah, no, and I mean, what they uh, they're now twelve and three overall, only five and ten against the spread. They finally covered their first number in a month and a half now, but I mean, it's business as usual. They're they're going to sit back. They're going to beat Denver, beat Vegas the last two weeks, get to fourteen and three, and then hope Buffalo loses so that they could be the one seed and have the AFC playoffs could uh, go through Arrowhead rather than have to go to Buffalo. But if they do got to go to Buffalo, I think. I mean, they're, they're the Chiefs. They're not scared of anything. Mahomes, Andy Reid, that group. They just continue to win games. And uh seems like Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincinnati, they're all they're all trending in the right direction. Seattle, on the other hand, man, uh, the fairy tale is pretty much almost done. They've lost what now? Five out of six. Geno has come a little bit back to the pack. But the good news for Seattle is they got two games left on the schedule. They're seven and eight. They're a half game back of the playoffs, and they got the Jets and Rams at home. So they should be able to get both of those on paper, I think. Yeah, on paper. I honestly, yeah. I don't see anything out of Seattle that. I, so their push was a lot like the Lions' push in that in that fact where they were they were a surging team, right? They people counted them out. They weren't necessarily in the conversation. They put themselves in the conversation, and and now they're just backed out of it. And and whereas we saw the Lions just kind of lose some momentum last week. The Seahawks, I think, have been losing momentum for the last couple of weeks, and it's just a, a, a tough situation for them uh, to try to pick themselves up because they got a lot of teams to pass. They've got to pass the Commanders. They've got to pass the Giants. Uh, they've got to, they can't, well, I mean, the Bucks, I guess, but whoever that NFC South uh, winner is, they're going to have to pass them too. So, yeah, they're going to have to win, and they're just going to have to have some help, obviously, to get there. And I don't know that they have it in them to be able to, to carry that momentum in there at all. I mean, look, Kenneth Walker did good things, 26 carries, 107 yards, but, you know, if you don't have a solid team from top to bottom, especially against a team like the Chiefs, you're not going to win. Yeah, no, and, and you mentioned it. Uh, it's kind of been a collective regression for Seattle. Defense not playing as well as they have. They're going to look back on and kick themselves that they lost the Vegas home game and um, the Carolina home games. I mean, you can lose to San Francisco. San Francisco is better than you. Uh, this is, I mean, you can lose at Arrowhead. They're better than you. But you, those are the two games they're going to look back. And even Tampa Bay and Germany, those three games that they dropped during this uh, five out of six, six out of seven losing streak is what's going to end up uh, costing them the playoff spot. Indeed. Uh, Over-under on this one was set at 50, mainly because people probably thought the Chiefs were going to throw up 50 against the Seahawks already. Uh, but they only got to 34, so well underneath the over on this one. Um, I don't know. Where were you even leaning on this uh, on the over-under on this one? Were you leaning over or under? I like the under just because of the weather. I, all these games, the weather was awful, so I, I definitely was on the under. So, uh, yeah, no, the under definitely came through here. Under came through. All right. And again, we talked about it. Chiefs covered. So let us move on to the Atlanta Falcons and the Baltimore Ravens. 
We stopped taking Atlanta to cover much of anything anymore. They were six and a half point underdogs at this point. Um, I think I teased them, and I don't even think they still got to the tease. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, Atlanta is is not what we hoped that they would be. In fact, Atlanta's not what Atlanta hoped that they would be. Uh, and, and I don't even know anymore. Desmond Ritter, 22 of 33, 218, no touchdowns. Tyler Algier had an actual pretty good day on the ground, 18 carries, 74 yards. Uh, Drake London, almost 100 yards on seven catches. He got to 96. So, I don't know. This is such an underwhelming team by and by that I don't even know how to talk about them anymore. The Falcons suck. I think that's <laughs> it. Like you basically were saying that without saying it. They're they're a bad team. Um, I try to be diplomatic, they, uh, Ryan. Yeah, they they uh they overachieved in the first half, and they've kind of like you said they've come back to what everybody kind of thought they would be in the preseason. They're the only team that's eliminated in the worst division right now, the NFC South, because they're just not good. Um, they have not covered a spread here. Um, and what is it now? It's seven out of the last nine. So, and they're getting big numbers in all these games. So just to put in perspective, like they're not covering these games, they're, they're, they're getting dominated all of a sudden. So, um, Falcons are done. And as for the Ravens, it's a good win because I mean, Lamar's still not healthy. Tyler Huntley finds a way to keep them in the race for 10 and five overall. It's going to come down to that Cincinnati. They got to go to Cincinnati uh, in the last week of the season to win the North. I mean, I don't think they're going to do it, but I mean, this this Baltimore Ravens uh, franchise under Jim Harbaugh, um, sorry, John Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh's at uh, Michigan. Under Harbaugh, they've always kind of liked that uh, underdog mentality. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens in Week 18, but that's kind of where their season's going. If they don't get that done, they'll be the five seed and. Uh, Probably play the Jacksonville Jaguars in the first round, I think. Oof, that's going to be – no one wants that. Uh, well, yeah. Huntley is no is no Brock Purdy. I will say that. Uh, Huntley completing nine passes of 17 attempts, 115 yards and a touchdown. Gus Edwards, the Gus bus, was loose. 11 carries, 99 yards. Uh, Mark Andrews, the leading receiver for the uh, Ravens. Three catches on five targets and 45 yards. Nothing sexy here. This this was not a sexy game. Over under was thirty five. They didn't even make it there. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't even want to break this team this game down anymore. That's just how bad that was. Yeah, yeah. No, it 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 was ugly. The Ravens did what they had to do. They took care of business. And I mean, like you said, they're in the playoffs. So congratulations to Hardball and that franchise for getting back to the playoffs once again. Even with all the Lamar Jackson injuries, the most important thing is getting Lamar healthy. Indeed. Yeah, they definitely need that. Once Lamar gets healthy, it might be a little different. But kudos for, you know, Huntley keeping them afloat, really, honestly. That's that's what it all... He could have came in and, and sunk the ship, but he didn't. He kept it running, kept it going. So that way, when Lamar does come back, possibilities there for them to improve. So always Big always deal. love having a, a MVP caliber uh, person come back and, and, and push your team ahead when you need it late in the season, yeah? Yeah, no, it's not a bad thing to get an MVP back for the stretch run. <laughs> <laughs> it's like putting him on ice for a little bit and hoping for the best, uh, but we'll take it. Uh, all right, let's move on to Tennessee. Uh, you, we talked about how they're just on a Oof. free fall right now. Tennessee has become probably one of the toughest teams to to ever want to root for. They have now dropped five straight games uh, after this loss to the Houston Texans, as you see on the screen there, 
14 to 19, 19 to 14, Houston wins. Uh, they snap a pretty long losing streak. In fact, I, I'm scrolling so many down that I can't even f- figure out where the last time they won was, and that was October 9th at Jacksonville. But yeah, they snapped a very long losing streak. Now they are 2 12 and 1. Houston is, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Tennessee is 7 and 8. Uh, Houston, Tennessee came in as, as three point under or three point favorites, rather, three and a half point in some spots. Uh, obviously did not cover as Houston managed the win. But, um, Ryan, I'm trying to struggle with the best angle to approach this because it the only thing that ever, or the only thing that means anything is Tennessee trying to win the AFC South. So I guess we'll take it from there. Yeah, uh, Tennessee's going to play Dallas on Thursday night, and the game's going to mean absolutely nothing because Week 18's for all the marbles. they got to go to Jacksonville and get a win. We already touched on it with Jacksonville. We think Jacksonville's better than them. They're going to beat the Titans. Titans are in free fall. Lost five in a row. Ryan Tannehill's not coming back. Derrick Henry um, didn't even go for 200 yards in this game. He only went for, uh, what, 126. So he's still a beast, but that's all they got. Malik Willis, he's not – he's – He's struggling, to say the least. Um, it can't even throw for 100 yards against Houston Texans. And, I mean, I, I you know, I'll be positive here. I, congrats to the Houston Texans. They've been knocking on the door back-to-back weeks against the Dallas Cowboys and Kansas City Chiefs of getting wins. They finally get one done here. They're 7-7-1 seven, seven and one against the spread this year. So, Lovey has done a good job of not having the guys quit on him. So, that's the positive from this game. The reality is Tennessee – has collapsed this year. Look, the the receivers in this game for Tennessee, 53 total yards on six receptions. That was between Robert Woods and Nick Westbrook-Akine. Those were the two receivers that registered catches. Traylon Burks targeted three times, had zero receptions. It is very difficult to win a game when you have two receivers that combine for 53 yards and six that's a line for one receiver in most offenses let alone two and i know you've got derrick henry i know that he and he cashed the over so grateful that for that but he still only had 126 yards now if derrick henry had 300 yards by himself and the receivers combined for 53 yards okay but he didn't so tennessee's got to figure something out and figure something out quick because it ain't malik willis no, he's 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 been atrocious. I, I know he's a rookie, and I know he's been thrown into the fire here, but I don't know if he's a guy. Um, I, I know it's premature to say that, but from what I've seen so far, uh, there's no there's no flashes um, compared to like Kenny Pickett, where you see something and you're like, all right, I could see this guy maybe has a chance. So, not 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 uh, not going well right now in Tennessee. But let's let's. Give some kudos to the Houston Texans so the fans out there can understand that, yes, we have not forgotten that they actually won and we won't dominate the conversation with Tennessee. Davis Mills, though, 17 of 28, 178, a touchdown and interception. Royce Freeman leads all rushers, 16 carries, 32 yards. And Philip Dorsett caught all three of his uh, targets for 45 yards, which was the leading receiver. That's the Texans. They did stuff. Yeah. Shout out to Moonoff. Good win. <laughs> Shout out to Moonoffs. Yeah, and look, the fact of the matter is they covered. So that was exactly all that they needed to do. They were three and a half point underdogs. They came out with the win and got you the win. So if you if you bet on them, great on you for cashing for the second time in a row. Um, not in a row, but second time all season. 
Over under on this one, 34 and a half. They got to 33. So, unfortunately, for as feel good a story as Houston winning was, they still didn't cash the over. So, R, oh well. Yep, oh well. Ryan's like waiting for more. Where, where is he going yeah. with this? That's it. I can't, <laughs> what else can you say about this game? I'm, a, I'm out of words for the Tennessee Titans. I'm with you. Fine. Uh, <laughs> then let's move on to a game where we'll probably have plenty of words and we'll try not to dominate the entire conversation with this game. It was. The Washington Commanders going to San Francisco, I'm sorry, going to Santa Clara to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Washington came in six and a half point, seven and a half point underdogs, depending on where you found them, but ended up ultimately losing the game 37 to 20. The Niners come away with yet another game one. The Niners are just rolling, my friend. What is that? Eight, nine in a row now? Eight in a row? I'm looking at eight, yeah. yeah no, eight ever since he got McCaffrey. Have not lost a game since the Kansas City game back on October 23rd. I'm telling you, man, it seems like such a long time ago, but the Niners are just absolutely on a tear. 11-4 and four now. Washington falls to 7-7-1. Seven, seven and one. I, I'm Look, here's the thing about it, right? It's not as if Washington played a terrible game, but just San Francisco's defense is having none of it. It doesn't matter who you are. Now, they don't care. They're coming with you with reckless abandon, and Heineke did not look comfortable all game long. Yeah. No, I mean, I the score doesn't really indicate. I, it was more of a 10-point game, and but uh, San Francisco just wears you down with that defense and then the running game as well. Um, I, the Heineke uh, magic may be done. Honestly, uh, what they uh, Rivera went to Wentz. I kind of sounds like uh, Wentz is going to get the nod against Cleveland this upcoming Sunday. So we'll see. I mean, I think for Washington, for my guys, I mean, it's about running the football with Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. And when you play San Francisco, they're a tough team to run on. So not the best matchup for Washington. And I mean, kind of like a bunch of these other teams, Washington, it's simple. You win your last two, you're going to the playoffs. You play Cleveland on Sunday at home. It's a game you should win. And then in week 18, you're going to be playing Dallas, who's going to be resting starters. So it's another game you should win. So you win your last two, you're in. If you don't, you're on your couch for the playoffs. So pretty simple stuff. San Francisco, eight in a row. I mean, there's what else can you say, Rod, for your guys? They're, they're rolling. Uh, they probably need the Vikings just to lose one game so that they can get that two seed in the NFC. I would absolutely appreciate that very much because, again, I think that the Niners – Man, they're they're just killing it right now, and it's not even close. and And I love watching it. Although they did start out slow to start this game out, they only got a touchdown in the first half, and which led a lot of us to say, uh, "Are you really trying to play the ball game?" Because it looks like you're just sort of toying now. Then they blew out for 37 in the second half. It was just an absolute monster of a game, especially for George Kittle. Six catches on eight targets, 120 yards, two touchdowns for the big tight end. He was having himself a day. Although, Scary Terry did not want to be forgotten in this four catches, 77 yards, that 51-yarder as well with a touchdown to mix. Um, look, your team's not bad, Ryan. They're not bad. It's just they got to put it all together. And and against this tough defense, it was just a tall ask. So they got to yep. find that next gear. Carson Wentz isn't it, though, Ryan. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's. I'm going to hope that he can uh, uh, play game manager and they continue to run the ball with uh, Robinson and Gibson, and then be able to make timely throws in McLaurin, Samuel, and Dotson. Hey, Chase Young looked good. That's that's the one positive I'll take from this game. 
knee looked good. He looked explosive. He beat Trent uh, on a couple plays. So obviously Washington fans very familiar with Trent Williams from back in the day. So uh, yeah, no, Chase looked good. And that defense just, just got worn down with all the short fields San Francisco had off Heineke turnovers. Although I will say that in a, a game where obviously we know the Niners identity for the most part is, is really just running the ball. When Ray Ray McLeod on one carry is your leading rusher with that 71 yard touchdown, uh, Christian McCaffrey, 15 carries, 46 yards. He did get in the end zone. Uh, but then they, they put uh, Terry and Davis price in there for nine carries and 30 yards. But that Ray Ray McLeod touchdown was absolutely explosive so much fun to watch that. I love that kid in the returning game. I really do. And boy, the fact that he that run looked a lot like a return. The way it was set up, the way the blocking was set up, that was a perfect play call. Yeah, no, he was uh, he was off to the races. I I didn't like watching it, but I I know it it did look good. <laughs> uh, it did, it did. Um, all right. So the over under on this one was thirty six and a half. They absolutely blew past that one. Uh, we'll move to the Saturday night game. We're going to step up the, the recaps here in a little bit. We had so much fun recapping and watching that we, we've gone pretty long on this, so we'll just step up the rest of them. Uh, Dallas, Philadelphia. That Saturday night was one, the antithesis of Sunday night, right? I mean, Saturday night we had a fantastic game, yeah. only to be disappointed on Sunday night. But this game, I, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of it because I was with the family, but every time I popped in, I was like, holy cow, holy cow, something different was happening um, Dallas coming away with the win ultimately 40 to 34, but Minshew mania in absolute full effect, 24 of 40, 355, two touchdowns, but of course two interceptions to go with it. Ryan, this one was a fantastic game all the way around. Yeah, no, I mean, these two teams, uh, both have beaten each other, both with each other's backup quarterbacks, uh, Philly beat Cooper rush, Dallas beat, uh, Garner Minshew on Sunday. So Round three, potentially here in a couple of weeks in the playoffs with uh, Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott tentatively uh, supposed to play if they just don't get injured. So nobody's rooting for that, obviously. So uh, these two teams look like they're on a collision course to play round three. So it'll be good. Um, I think if you're Philly, you're encouraged. You you went toe-to-toe with Dallas in Dallas with your backup quarterback. And I think if you're Dallas, you're encouraged as well because you found a way. You didn't play that, that well, but you found a way to beat – the Philadelphia Eagles as well, who only have one loss on the year. And Minshew's a good backup, too. So it's not like they beat some horrible backup quarterback that couldn't move the ball. Minshew could start for a lot of teams in the NFL, I think. Yeah, I could think of about four or five yeah. right off the top of my head. But, yeah. It's it's these two teams in San Francisco as the top tier in the NFC. I think San Fran's better than both of them, personally, especially after watching San Francisco even closer this weekend. But, I mean, I think Philly and Dallas are right right behind uh, San Francisco. Yeah, and again, San Francisco's on its backup quarterback, too. So, I mean, who knows at this point what's yep. going on. Uh, but, yeah, Philadelphia, 13 and 13-2, uh, and two, and Philly, or Dallas, rather, 11-4. It's just, you know, Philly's got to – they've got to win out now. I mean, they, they their Cinderella run – I don't want to say Cinderella run, but their Cinderella run is almost over if they can't w- win another game. Uh, Hurts, any news on when he comes back? Uh, I, I think they're going to sit him out to the playoffs. If not, maybe week 18 to get him a little bit of work. Say, uh, Philly just needs to win one game and they wrap up the East and they wrap up uh home field advantage. Yeah. So again, they've, which they want and need. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't know that Philly traveling right now is, is the, the business. So, 
Uh, all right, the over-under on this one was set at 47. They flipped the script and had 74. Uh, just a fantastic Saturday night game. Uh, obviously, Dallas came in as a point-and-a-half underdogs, three-and-a-half point, I mean, sorry, favorites, uh, three-and-a-half point favorites in some cases. So Dallas did cover uh, with their win. Obviously, they weren't giving uh, Philadelphia much credit with Gardner Minshew, but we got proved wrong. Uh, all right, let's move over to the final Saturday night game, which was Las Vegas and Pittsburgh. This one <laughs> kind of was a letdown after what we had just watched before, where Pittsburgh came away with a 13-10 win, uh, but it was not for a lack of trying by the Raiders to hold on. They scored 10 points in the first half, blanked in the second. Pittsburgh came back and ultimately won. Uh, two and a half points is what Las Vegas was underdogs as in some spots. Uh, so Pittsburgh managed to cover uh, uh, their side of it. So, yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh seven and eight. Fingers crossed that they don't have a losing season under Tomlin, which is really all they're playing for at this point. Vegas six and nine. They're just trying to figure out what the hell went wrong. Yeah, Pittsburgh's won four out of five all of a sudden. And like you said, Tomlin's losing season streak. Still alive, and uh, they go to Baltimore this week. I don't know if Lamar will be back. So if they get that one, all they got to do is beat Cleveland at home, and they still have a winning season going nine and eight, which is really remarkable. Uh, with all the with the quarterback changes, with Trubisky, Pickett injuries, with Watt, uh, Tomlin just finds ways to win these kind of games. Vegas finds ways to lose these kind of games. Vegas has been a major disappointment this year. I think we can all agree on that. Being six and nine compared to Pittsburgh, who's been one of the bigger overachievers at 7-8. and eight. Well, and it's crazy because both teams are still in the hunt, on the bubble, rather, I guess. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say in the hunt, but they're they're on the bubble, and all it's Pitt- going to take is for a couple of these teams up top above them to screw up, and all of a sudden we're talking Pittsburgh in the playoffs. I, I, I think it's really incredible. I think Pittsburgh can realistically get in the playoffs because I think they can win their last two. And I think Miami, New England, and uh, the New York Jets, those three teams are just in free fall. I could see Pittsburgh backdooring their way into this bus, which is crazy considering they were, what, three and seven just a couple weeks ago? Magic Mitch Trubisky. I guess yep. we're <laughs> here we are. Or Pickett, yep. Or Pickett, yeah. I mean, either yep. one of those guys. Well, I mean, look, Trubisky kept the, the ball rolling while Pickett was out, so uh, kudos to him. Uh, all right, over-under on this one was set at 38-and-a-half. They did not come anywhere near, even though this was not... I mean, this was a cold-weather game, but like it wasn't as cold as what I think I expected to see it. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it was cold. Uh, they won one for Franco. That was what it came down to at the end of the game. The immaculate win for the immaculate reception. Um, all right, let's move on to the next game. Green Bay taking on Miami. This started Christmas morning off as many of you were opening up your presents. Many of you were actually watching Green Bay just gut it out uh, against the Miami Dolphins. Miami jumped out to a 20-13 to halftime lead, and then Green Bay shut the door. Did not let Miami score at all for the rest of the game, while Green Bay themselves put up 13 points to complete the 26-20 to win. Green Bay came in as four-point underdogs, four-and-a-half-point underdogs. Obviously, by winning, they covered the spread. But, uh, look, don't look now. Green Bay is pissed. Aaron Rodgers is pissed. They had to come out and pick Tua off just an obscene amount of times. What, three times, three interceptions for Tua? Some very costly interceptions uh, at that. So, I mean, look, Green Bay on the rise. 
Miami on the fall. That's really what it's all shaping up to be right now. Yeah, no, it's amazing how much an NFL season can flip on a team. Miami was 8-3 and three as, I think, the one seed, one or two seed just, what, five, uh, four weeks ago. Since then, they've lost four in a row, uh, that three-game road trip, and then they come home, they lay an egg to uh, Green Bay. Tua was awful in this game. I mean, all the Tua defenders, he, he was atrocious. There's no other way to say it. Those, those interceptions were, were, were terrible down the stretch. As for Green Bay, don't look now. They are on the verge of somehow sneaking in the playoffs if they just get a little bit of help and they beat Minnesota and Detroit, both at Lambeau, which I think will happen because that's all they ever do is beat these teams from the dome in the cold at Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers, they wanted to write him off, but here he is. He's back in the hunt, and they, they got a shot to sneak in this playoffs, man. It's, a, it's remarkable. They're running the ball, and they're playing defense finally in Green Bay again. Well, you, I love it because you got to see the full gambit of Aaron Rodgers' just reactions, like from pissed off to excited to pissed off again to happy one more time. Like, you know, he, he ran the full range of emotions in that game in Miami. Uh, he completed 24 of his 38 attempts for 238 yards and a touchdown. He did throw an interception. Uh, the running game was not even really there. Even uh, Aaron Jones only had six carries for 25 yards. A.J. Dillon, 11 for 36, although A.J. had the touchdown. Um, kind of quiet day for Christian Watson, thankfully, uh, for my fantasy matchup. Uh, six catches, 49 yards. Alan Lazard leads all receivers with uh, five catches, 61 yards for the Green Bay Packers. Um, but for Miami, look, you know, Jalen Waddle had a hell of a day. Uh, Tua completed 16 of 310, which would have been great had he not thrown all those interceptions. Uh, but Waddle, five catches, 143 yards and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill, four catches, 103 yards. Both of those standout receivers over 100 yards, but they still can't get the win. Yeah, and I mean, this this is on the verge of one of the more disappointing seasons, I think. If Miami collapses and misses the playoffs, they were 9-8 and eight last year, and they had Tyreek Hill, and they're in the same position it's 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 a bad collapse. It's a, it's not a good coaching job by Mike McDaniel down the stretch. Like you said, they got two receivers going for over 100 yards and still lose to the Green Bay Packers. It, like the Dolphins just haven't won a meaningful game yet this year in the second half of the year. They just and I I don't see them going into New England and winning. Uh, just came across the ticker that uh, Tua has a concussion again. Yes. So I I think the Dolphins are done. Yeah, I saw that too. It's just a matter of now. Can he play? And if he does, I mean, did that have anything to do with them yeah. throwing those interceptions? Who knows now? Yeah. Well, and they don't win in the cold. And it's going to be cold in New England on Sunday. So it's, I yeah, I think the free fall continues on Sunday and going forward. I think they're going to miss the playoffs. Yeah. I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to be a pretty end of the season for these guys, especially if Tua misses any time. Uh, yep. It'd be totally frustrating. Um, all right. Speaking of totally frustrating. Do we even talk about this next game? I honestly don't even know that we need to. Uh, the Rams <laughs> taking on the Broncos in L.A. I mean, this wasn't even close. This was hard to watch from a football aspect at all. Like, the Rams completely, completely dominate the Broncos 51-14. to Russell Wilson throws three interceptions a la Tua. We watched six interceptions by two what should have been fantastic quarterback performances, but we saw six interceptions. This game had nothing for anybody, uh, unless you were a, a Rams fan. I mean, and Baker Mayfield, he won the Nick uh, Valuable Player, the Nickelodeon Valuable Player Award, but I think it should have been Cam Akers. 
Uh, Cam Akers, 23 carries, 118 yards, three touchdowns to Baker Mayfield's 24 of 230 for two touchdowns. But, I mean, the real star of this game was uh, Cam Akers and Tyler Higbee, in my opinion. Yeah, no, they should have given the Nick uh, MVP to Russell Wilson because he's <laughs> turned the Broncos into a total clown show. What an embarrassment. I mean, just when you think it can't get any worse for Denver, they uh, cherry on top uh, Christmas, Christmas Day, national audience. He was awful. I mean, that was it. He's been bad all year, but that was by far his worst game. He got bench ripping. Uh, Brett Rippin came in. He was awful, too. He's they're getting shoving matches on the sideline. Hackett got fired today. I guess he'll take all the blame. He was awful as a head coach, but I mean, they got bigger issues than Nathaniel Hackett right now. Uh, it's not even close. And for for LA, I guess you're encouraged that you're able to keep winning a couple of games here and there. Uh, Baker is awesome. Baker Baker looked solid. Baker looked like I don't know what it is about LA sometimes. You know, because Stafford, we said the same thing when he came over from the Lions. We we're like, ah, you know, Stafford's been good, but then Stafford looked really good, and now Baker yeah. Mayfield is the same thing. And and Baker doesn't even have Cooper Cup, right? It's he's doing he's doing work with Tyler Higby, uh, and and managing to still beat teams out. So yeah, it's it's impressive. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if Baker stays there in L.A. Maybe as a backup next year because Stafford has all this uh, injury history. Maybe he just sits tight and they get healthy and. Sees if Stafford goes down again and he could just back his way into another uh, starting job with the Rams. Or maybe he'll be a bridge guy somewhere. I think he's proven that he still is a capable quarterback in the NFL. He's not He's not terrible. There's a lot more bad quarterbacks out there than Baker Mayfield. Well, and Baker spread the ball around to eight different pass catchers for Mayfield. Yeah. You want to talk about who he threw to? Tyler Higby, Brandon Powell, Bryson Hopkins, Van Jefferson, Tutu Atwell, Cam Akers caught some, Kyron Williams, Malcolm Brown. So he's even getting the the running backs involved in the passing game. So, I mean, you know, look, the Rams the Rams are going to be something next week. Who knows? But yeah, it's just a matter of uh, both of these teams are playing absolute meaningless. Uh, football at this point of it. Rams were underdogs. Rams covered. They were about three and a half point underdogs. Over under on this one was 36. They got to 65. <laughs> and and 36, uh, LA got there before half. Or, you know, not even before half. So, yeah, it's just a frustrating move. Well, okay, a little after halftime, but still, you get the picture. Yep. Um, all right, let's talk about the nightcap last night as Tampa Bay beat Arizona but Ryan, I think Arizona yeah, beat lucky. Arizona. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Arizona beat Arizona. Tampa had no business winning this game, uh, in my opinion. It just it, they they let the wheels fall off. Arizona jumps out six uh, six tie, and then uh, they they just yeah ultimately handed the ball the game away. And overtime, Tampa ends up winning nineteen to sixteen. Tampa was actually seven and a half point favorites in this one. But uh, the McSorley throw kind of came in and took over, and, and Arizona covered. Um, but, yeah, again, Tom Brady does not look like he's having fun at all. We say this week after week, and it remains the same. It's a bad team. Tampa's not a good team at all. Um, I know they found a way to win this game. But it was against, what, the four-string quarterback for Arizona when they had a 10-point lead? Honestly, they got every call down the stretch, too. Uh, I think they got a – I think the the, the officiated crew uh, gave, gave them quite a whistle going down the stretch to keep them alive in the NFC South. They're going to need all those breaks next week against Carolina because Carolina's coming in, 
and they're going to try and run the football right down uh, Tampa's throats as well. And if uh, Tampa Bay doesn't come ready to play, they're going to get run all over because James Conner went for five and a half yards of carry last night. And I, I mean, Carolina runs the ball better than Arizona. And you knew Arizona was going to run the ball because McSorley is a dual threat guy. And that was the only way Arizona could move the football. So, yeah, I know Tampa Bay got it done. Brady, I mean, he still is Tom Brady in terms of he can he can be so bad, but then in the two-minute drill somehow he can still make things happen and find a way to get things done. But I, I just I, I don't see this team going anywhere this season. I, I don't think they're going to win the division. I don't think they're going to beat Carolina. They're 3-11-1 against the spread this year. Is that the worst of all time? It's the worst in Brady's time, I'm sure. You saw yeah. all the records, eight losses, the most in his in his career as a starter. Like it's just it's ridiculous. And here's the thing, and I tweeted this out the other day, or yet yeah, last night rather, I tweeted this out. Imagine having a Jaguar in your garage and wanting to drive anything else that you that's out there. You know, that's that's what happens every time he doesn't throw to Mike Evans. I don't get it. He's got Mike yeah. Evans. I like Chris Godwin. I do. I think he's a fantastic receiver, but Mike Evans is just an absolute game changer and I I watched because uh, first of all I've got Mike Evans on my team so (laughs) I was watching every single snap his eyes hardly ever went in the direction of where Mike Evans was lining up his initial reads were always to the opposite side of the field and it didn't matter where Evans lined up it was just a matter of his eyes immediately went to the other side of the field where Chris Godwin was where uh anybody else was but uh, Mike Evans immediately. I'm like, why is your first read? Not Mike Evans. I don't understand that. And then maybe that's why they're losing as badly. And you see Mike Evans body language, every single snap. It's like, what the hell am I doing out here? Then I'm just going to, you know, be a decoy every single play. Yeah, no, I mean, they, they're not sinking. Everybody top to bottom. The defense isn't playing the way that defense used to play. Uh, they, they they tried to run the ball with Fournette. He only could go for three and a half yards of carry last night. Rashad White actually had five yards of carry. It's just not a good team. I, and there and clearly the, there's a disconnect with the coaching staff with uh, Leftwich and um and and Brady. They're they're not uh, meshing like they have over the last couple of years. They miss Bruce Arians. I think that's very clear. Well, you know, we'll talk about the other side of the ball now with Arizona. You want to talk about missing something? DeAndre Hopkins misses Kyler Murray. One catch, four yards. Or Colt McCoy, exactly. One catch on 10 targets for DeAndre Hopkins for four yards. How were they even in line to win this game with DeAndre Hopkins, like, completely getting your But shout out to Greg Dortch. 10 of 11, 98, right? Yeah, no, I mean, you mentioned it. Like, Arizona was so one-dimensional. They couldn't throw the ball. Um, so, and for Tampa Bay, just, I mean, all Brady's teams in the past would have just went in here, punched this team in the mouth. They would have laid down, win this game going away by two, three touchdowns, but they had to fight. It shows you what kind of stage this Tampa Bay team really is in. Absolutely. Horrible one. <laughs> just yeah, no just doubt. to say the least, a horrible one. Um, all right. Enough about them. I mean, obviously we know Tampa still got some sort of shot to do something now. Uh, they kept their hopes very much alive. Uh, without having to necessarily uh, uh, beat it. But Arizona, they're just trying to hold on now for next season, figure out what draft pick they get, and and move on from there. Um, all right, that's enough for Week 16. Obviously, tonight wraps it up uh, as we look at the Colts and uh, um, 
I really just honestly wrote this up, and why am I blanking on it right now? Chargers. Chargers and Colts. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, I'm, I'm already looking ahead to week 18. I, I don't even care what happens in week 16. <laughs> but uh, let's go ahead and do as we always do and look ahead. Uh, our last week that we can look ahead to two weeks ahead. Uh, obviously, next week we can't look ahead past week 18. So let us look ahead. Well, maybe they put some playoff, early playoff. Yeah, maybe not. I don't think anything's going to be completely decided by then. Who knows? Who knows yeah, what they'll start giving us? Most most likely not. Recapping what we gave out uh, week 17 last week. We gave out the Eagles minus three and uh, against the New Orleans Saints are up to six and a half, even with Gardner Minshew playing. Gave out Washington plus three against Cleveland at home. They are two and a half point favorites, so over almost a touchdown of value there. We took the Jags and a pick them against the Texans. They're four-point favorites. Uh, a little surprised it's not higher, but uh, that's what we gave out. Uh, the matchup we keep talking about in the NFC South, we gave out Carolina plus nine and a half at Tampa Bay. That thing's down to three. That thing, I think, is going to keep going down as well. So, uh, yeah, definitely gave out a, almost a touchdown of value there. Miami, we gave out plus one and a half at New England. It, they were minus one and a half, but now they're plus one and a half because of the two and news that just broke here in the last hour. So that one we missed on in terms of any value, but just because of the two injury. And then obviously we gave out San Fran in Vegas plus one and a half. They are now a five and a half point favorite. It's almost a touchdown there. That see we and that is exactly yep. what we said. How were they even underdogs in that matchup? It's just insane. But yeah, it doesn't even matter at this point. They're just gonna roll. So. I love it, man. See, yep. this is the favorite part for a lot of people. So I'm glad we no continue doubt. to do this. Um, all right. Well, then, as we always do, Ryan, why don't we start off with you? What are you looking at? So week 18, I actually think you can get more value this week than any other week because so much is going to change in this week 17 of teams wrestling starters versus playoffs. Um so kind of try and forecast this week 17 what you think is going to happen and how that indicates in week 18. Uh, I'll start off in the AFC South, the game that's going to be for the division. I'm seeing Jacksonville plus three at home against Tennessee. They're going to be close to a touchdown, uh, I predict, uh, when we get to Week 18. I will take the Jaguars over the Titans plus three. Hammer that now. Please do. I don't – God, I don't understand that. That's a crazy – I mean, I, I just the way we've talked about both of these teams and the directions they're heading, you're still putting Jacksonville as, as underdogs. Yeah, your funeral then. Um, all right, well, I'm going to take an, an NFC West matchup here. I'm seeing the Rams at minus six and a half uh, against the Seahawks. Um, and look, I get it, but I don't think that this line is going to stay there. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit, uh, uh, at least a touchdown or two. I mean, not two touchdowns, but at least six or seven or eight even at the time of it. So I don't know. I, I would trust the Rams at six and a half. I don't know that I trust them any higher. So I would grab that now before it starts creeping up. Um, I know Seattle's scrappy, but they also suck, and the Rams are looking pretty good with Baker Mayfield. So depending on what happens next week, uh, grab that there. Okay, I will write that one down. And I'm going to go Carolina. Um, I think they're going to beat Tampa Bay, so they're going to have to win this game in Week 18 at the New Orleans Saints. I'm seeing them at plus three as well, just like uh, the Jaguars. I'll grab that right now, Panthers plus three at the Saints. I like that as well. Um, okay. So I'm looking right now at the Chargers and the Broncos. 
whereas you're seeing the Chargers in some places as one-point underdogs. This is Denver. I don't know why they would be favored at all. I mean, this this doesn't make any <laughs> sense. So give me the Chargers plus one uh, in this instance because I don't think the Chargers are going to stay underdogs uh, as we cross into next week. Do you? No, no, absolutely not. And um, I, I will give out my final one here in the rivalry game. Um, Washington-Dallas. Here's my handicap. Washington currently plus one at home against Dallas. Dallas is going to have nothing to play for in this game. They're going to rest, pre- rest Prescott, Zeke, uh, all the skill guys, defensive guys. So Washington will have everything to play for winning your end game. I will grab them at plus one against Dallas. Um, I think they'll be close to a touchdown favorite. Maybe maybe not a full touchdown, but I definitely a uh, significant favorite come Week 18 Sunday. I love it. Uh, let me go to another rivalry match, and this is the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears, uh, where the Vikings are now two-and-a-half-point uh, favorites. So I don't think that's going to stay there. I, even whatever happens this next week, I think Minnesota is still going to be able to beat the, the Bears by at least uh, that, and I think the books are going to probably adjust to that as well. And look, here's the thing. If that's the case, too, I mean, they may even put Chicago somewhere near there. So I don't know. I I just think minus 2.5 for Minnesota uh, looks good, and I don't think it's going to stay there. I think they're going to move that up, especially if Chicago comes out and and has another game like they had this week. Yeah, no, I like that as well, Um, especially because Minnesota, like you said, is going to have everything to play for continue to play i mean they look and they've they've continued to pull things out so um two and a half right now if it gets to three if it gets to four i'm, I'm a little leery because they don't like to win games uh that aren't close right yeah no doubt so uh all right ron should read everything back on what we got and we'll uh wrap up this week's show uh we are giving out jacksonville in the afc south matchup plus three against the titans at home we're giving out the Rams minus six and a half against the Seattle Seahawks. We are giving out Carolina plus a three in New Orleans. Uh, Chargers plus one in Denver. Wrong team favorite, obviously, in that one. Vikings minus two and a half at the Chicago Bears. And last but not least, Washington plus one against the rival Dallas Cowboys. Lock those in now before they start moving around. Obviously, as Ryan's alluded to every single week. There's been value in those lines, so mm-hmm. uh, definitely continue to get on those. Oh, Ryan, we have made it through Week 16 and the Week 18 look ahead. Uh, is there any other final thoughts you got for everybody as we wrap things up? Yeah, go get Pittsburgh plus two and a half against Cleveland too. I Ooh. just saw that one. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So Tomlin for the winning season. I like that one as well. Yeah, it's that, a bonus pick. That's what it'll be too. It'll be Tomlin for the yeah. winning season, or at the very least, uh, 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 not a li- uh, not a losing season. Um, yeah. Yep. Because he hasn't had a losing season yet, which means that there's still room for him to have a uh, even. Oh no, there's no room anymore. You can't have an even it, one. Eh. Unless you tie. Yeah. Eight eight and one. Eight eight yep. and one. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> let's hope for that or if there's nothing else. So, uh, all right, Ryan, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media? Yeah, for the YouTube crowd right there at Moneyline underscore Mac in the discord as well. Also, you can find me on the college basketball experience every single night uh, talking college hoops. So uh, I'll be back on what Wednesday with Jay Mark to preview week 17. That's right. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. 
There's a link in the bio to everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's Sportsbook Review, whether it is in between media. Catch me on the NASCAR Gambling Podcast, the PropCast, and uh, whatever else I decide to pop my head in. Uh, but we'll be there. All right, everybody. Enjoy Monday Night Football if you're listening to this like within the next few minutes. Uh, if not, I hope you enjoyed Monday Night Football. Enjoy the rest of your week in the holiday season. We'll see you in the new year to uh, talk about some uh, Week 17 action in the NFL. Until next time, have a good one, everybody, and let it ride.